All right, now, it's sale time. So remember, we don't take no... No from anyone. No. Uh, we don't take no prisoners. We don't take no for an answer. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Data-Driven Selling by the Sales Insights Lab, the podcast that helps reps and business owners generate more meetings and close more sales at higher prices. I have found that there is a small group of selling professionals who are absolutely crushing their sales. And when I say they're small, I mean they are a very small group. I mean top 1% of salespeople in all industries. And what you see is that regardless of what industry they're selling, what they're selling, and who they're selling to, they all tend to be using the same secret hidden strategies that no one else seems to be using. They're selling from a place that is completely different than the hordes of other salespeople out there. And what's amazing is that what they're doing is often so simple. So I'm going to show you the nine hidden secrets of sales success. Check it out. Number one, believe in what you sell. Now, this may sound so painfully obvious, yet I hear so few salespeople actually talk about this. So often I get challenges from salespeople and they say, yeah, you know what? No one really wants what I'm selling. And I say, well, do you believe in what you're selling? And they're like, you know, I, kind of. And I'm like, what are you doing? There are so many things that you could be selling in the world that are actually helping people. There are so many offerings that you could have that are going to improve people's lives, that are going to improve businesses. So why would you waste your life selling something that you don't believe in? If you do not believe in what you sell, if you do not believe that what you sell is going to improve either someone's life personally or a business and their organization, then you've got to sell something else. We must believe in what we sell. If we don't, then when people push back on us in our brain, in our very subconscious lizard brain, we're thinking, yeah, you know what? I'd probably do the same thing. I would probably walk away too. And that is setting yourself up for failure. You must first believe in what you sell. Number two, not making a sale hurts them. This is one of the most powerful mindsets that top performers have and that I rarely hear coming from other people. Top performers are always thinking, if I don't make a sale with a prospect who is a fit, who is qualified, it's actually going to hurt them. If you have that mindset, how are you going to change what you're doing? When you believe that when you don't make this sale for this person in front of you, that it's actually gonna hurt them, now suddenly it's not about you and it's not about just paying your bills, but it's actually about improving the quality of this person's life. Now, that doesn't mean that we start persuading and pitching and putting on tons of pressure to try to get them to move forward, but if we have the mindset that not making a sale actually hurts them or does a disservice to them, suddenly, we're selling from a completely different place. And this is one of the true key secrets to selling success is that we must believe that every time we make a sale, it is helping people. And every time we don't make a sale to a person who's a fit, it's actually doing a disservice to them. That's one of the most critical mindsets that we all need to have. Number three, knows 
are good. So I know I just said, if you don't close a sale, that it's doing a disservice. But let me clarify what no's are good actually means. Our data shows that about 50% of initial prospects that you come across are not a fit for what you do. And that's okay. One of the keys to a good sales process is that early on, you're determining whether a prospect's a fit. And if they're not a fit for what you offer, that has got to become a no quickly. And you want to move on from those people because Think of the alternative. So many salespeople are out there trying to sell everything to everyone. And the reality is that a lot of people don't need what you have, or a lot of people aren't a fit for your service. If you're trying to sell those people that aren't a fit, suddenly you're spending so much of your time with people that are never going to buy. So no's are in fact a very good thing. It means that when you determine that someone is a no, you just move on and you never think about them again. Now, of course, maybe the timing's not right, and of course you can think about them again, but you don't want to have that follow-up list where you've got 50 or 100 prospects that you're just constantly checking in on and following up on. Our way of selling is all about dropping all of that follow-up crap, and instead, if it's a no, that's fine. Move on. Number four, TIOs are bad. Now, we just talked about how no's are good. And so a TIO stands for think it over. Think it overs are bad. This is about as black and white as we can get in sales. It's kind of counter to what many of us have been taught. So many of us have been taught that we never take no for an answer. Like they say in Tommy Boy, never take no for an answer. All right, now it's sale time. So remember, we don't take no, no from anyone. Uh, we don't take no prisoners. We don't take no for an answer. Oh yeah. But really what we want to avoid is the think it over. I need to think about this or can you follow up with me in a couple of weeks or we'll get back to you in a couple of months. Think it overs are a very bad outcome to a selling situation. What you want to be in a situation where it's either a no, which is okay, or a yes. And we want to avoid all that middle ground, wishy-washy junk in the middle. All of those think-it-overs and maybes, those are problematic because nine times out of 10, a think-it-over is just a nice way of a prospect saying, I really want to end this conversation, but I don't want to be confrontational. So I'm just going to tell you that I want to think about it and you're going to feel good because you're going to put it in your pipeline and you're going to inevitably be excited and you're going to follow up and I'm going to disappear. We want to avoid all of that think it over middle stuff. Those are bad outcomes. No's are good. TIOs are bad. Number five, persuasion doesn't work. One of my biggest missions in what we do here at the Sales Insights Lab is to demonstrate to people that persuasion is old school. No one wants to be persuaded of anything anymore. And quite frankly, no one ever really wanted to be persuaded in the first place. Persuasion is about getting someone to take your mindset as a result of something that you say. And that just doesn't work. Instead, what we want to do is we want to engage prospects in conversations to find out where they are, to understand their challenges. And then if we determine that their challenges are the kind of challenges that we solve, then simply demonstrating that we can solve those challenges. That's all we're here to do. We're not here to persuade someone. It's like that old saying that we hear people say, oh, you know, so-and-so can sell anything to anyone. And like that was a compliment. But the reality is, is that you don't want to sell anything to anyone. You want to sell the right offering to the right people. 
And the way you do that is avoid all of that persuasion crap where persuasion is kind of assuming that everyone's a fit and not everyone's a fit. It's just gonna lead to a lot of wasted time. Instead, you want to be engaging the right people in the right conversations and that is how you get sales. Number six, get commitment before presenting. This is going to be counter for a lot of people and it's gonna sound really pie in the sky, but I will explain to you what this really means. This doesn't mean that you need to get commitment from people that they're going to buy from you before you present your offering. That's obviously kind of insane and that's truly cart before the horse. But what I mean is that you want to get commitment from your prospects, that they are in fact committed to solving their challenges that you solve before you start to present your offering. If you're presenting your offering with no commitment from your prospects, that they even care about their challenges or that they even care about solving those challenges right away, then you're setting yourself up for that inevitable think it over. You're setting yourself up for a lot of wasted time. And this is why most salespeople have these long sales cycles is not because they are dealing with prospects that are the right people and that they're just, it's taking so long to get through, but instead because they're just not getting commitment. And so a lot of people are just kicking that can down the road over and over and over again. So you want to get commitment before you present your solution. And what that means is getting commitment to solving those challenges that you've talked about with them. When you do that, suddenly the people that you actually present to, the people that you actually put a proposal together for are going to be much more likely to move forward because you've gotten rid of all the rabble, all of those people that are just simply not committed to dealing with that problem right now. And you know what? If someone's not committed to solving their challenges, you can't make them do it. It's the old saying, you can only lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. If they don't want to drink the water, then move on and find someone that will because there are a lot of people out there that need the solution that you offer but they have to have the right challenges and they need to be committed to actually solving those challenges now. Seven, objections are an opportunity. This is one of the most powerful selling secrets out there in today's world of selling, is that most salespeople are terrified of objections. Most salespeople are so nervous about getting any objections that they try to, they try to run away from them. They try to get into some verbal sparring. But instead, when we see objections as an opportunity, it allows us to really unpack what the prospect's concern is. Because your prospect is not going to buy from you if they have a real concern about moving forward. Whether they tell you about that concern or not is up to you. That depends on your quality of selling. You need to get all of the objections on the table. And if you don't, you're going to run into a lot of inertia. Objections are an opportunity. Get your prospects to air all of their concerns, all of their money concerns, all of their concerns about your offering, about you, about anything. You wanna get it all on the table so that way, before you ultimately present your solution, you know that you're either running towards a pretty good sale or you're just running into a brick wall, which is what so many salespeople do because they never get all of the objections on the table because they're trying to avoid any possible objection. They're trying to run away from any objection and you want to look at it as an opportunity. Number eight, hold prospects accountable. This is really counter to what is so mainstream in selling today. So many of us have been told that the prospect is always right or we're a very customer focused organization. The salespeople take that as we're a very prospect focused organization. And the reality is that there's a huge difference between your customers and your prospects. 
And your customers, the people that actually pay you money, those people you want to really bend over backwards for and do whatever you can to help them because they're inner circle. But your prospects are not inner circle. They haven't paid you anything. They haven't earned anything. And they're not people that you want to just bend over backwards for because what ultimately happens is that if you start to play by the prospects rules and you do whatever your prospect asks, they're going to start to make you dance like a monkey. And you don't want to be in dancing monkey mode. You want to be in following your process. And so when your prospects do something that maybe seems out of a line, you want to hold them accountable. So I'll give you an example. Let's say your prospect early on says that we are super committed to solving these challenges and we need to come up with a solution in the next couple of weeks. And then later on in the conversation, after you've presented, they say to you, the timing of this just really isn't great. I think we're going to kick this conversation into the next quarter. Now, most salespeople are going to say, oh, okay, well, when would be a good time for me to follow up, blah, 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 right? That's bending over backward for your prospect. But you're actually doing yourself and your prospect a disservice. Instead, you want to hold that prospect accountable because they just earlier said that they were going to figure this out in the next couple of weeks. And now they're saying that they're going to kick this into the next quarter. What we want to do is ask them a question just like that. And you say, you know, George, I really appreciate you saying that. But earlier in the conversation, you said that you needed to figure this out in the next couple of weeks. And now you're telling me that you want to kick this out a couple of months into the next quarter. Help me understand what I might have missed there silence and them respond to that. That's how you hold your prospects accountable. You don't have to be some wishy-washy, gentle, pushover person. Hold your prospects accountable. Number nine, if you made it up, it's not good. Here's the thing, as I hear so many salespeople say things like, oh, you know, I use this line and I find this line really works really well. And I say, okay, well, where'd you come up with that? And they're like, oh, I made it up. If you are making up your sales process, if you're making up your own sales lines, if you're scripting out your own calls without any sense of what the data tells you works, chances are, it's a lot worse than it could be. It would be like a doctor who never went to medical school. They are doing an operation and you're like, doc, so where'd you learn how to do this operation? They're like, oh, well, I kind of just like made it up. You'd be pretty concerned. That's exactly what most salespeople are doing, is that they're just making it up as they go. And so as a result, they're going to be deeply unsuccessful in their sales endeavors. If you are making up your process, then chances are it is not good. So there are the nine hidden secrets of sales success. Thanks for listening. Want more tactical advice on selling? Register for our free video training on the five-step formula to closing more deals without price pushback, think it overs, or ghosting. Simply visit closing.training to get instant access. That's closing.training to get instant access.